it's the intermission. Yeah, welcome back from holiday-related things. I'm here by myself on this couch with also Brian Finifter. Greetings. And then on that couch is an Eddie Doty. I'm here too. And there's a Trey Stokes over Wh- there. Where is everybody? I don't know. Well, wherever they went, there they are. That's true. I'm by myself on this couch we're, with you three guys. We're back at school. Basically, the we'll uh, independent we thought it'd be kind of nice to talk about what we did over the uh, Christmas holiday. We actually didn't record for about two months, so this is our first live day back. And a lot of cool movies came out this holiday, and uh, you know, maybe we have stories and shit about things that happened to us over the course of the thing. Burn through 20 movies that we'll never actually do commentaries for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not the least of which is we had that weirdo meeting with me and Jim and Holden and Chloe and Zarban. That was kind of fucking weird. It was cool. It was a good time. And it was a good time. Was happen- and Zarban gave Brian a giant book of space. He did. Thank you, Zarban. That's amazing. Anyway. So uh, what did and you he made cookies with my face on them? Yeah, <laughs> even though and you logo. all went to his house, and yeah. there's a graphic that says "You in my house now, bitches." Zarban, and, <laughs> and he put my face on his cookies and not that, and I still don't understand that. That would have been a way funnier cookie. That would have been a little more appropriate too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but okay. Your face was tasty. I'm. It, <laughs> you're not the first to say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh. Uh, I won't have a boner. So Eddie, what did what, you do over the holidays? Did you see any cool movies? I did. I went to uh, I went to Buffalo, New York, hometown. Oh, by Buffalo. the way, there, there's going to be probably spoilers for all the movies you talk. Yeah, about. Yeah. So fuck yeah. you. Um, but most of them are not worth watching. Not so. worth your time. Or, <laughs> saving your time. And if they are worth your time, you should have seen them by now. So really, it's on you. Yeah. People. Uh, <laughs> your fault. Yes. Now. Your fault. No, I, I have a. I have Spoiler a. Spoiler: um, Statute of limitations is two weeks now. Apparently, that's yep. it. That's it. We uh, welcome to the new world. Every every Christmas, we go back to my wife's hometown in Buffalo, New York, and uh, I've I've come to really love it. Is I'm, Buffalo nice? I've never been. It's to Buffalo. really pleasant. It it's is like, actually nice. Maybe not so. Really cool. I was. I haven't been there in the dead of winter. But I, I ha- uh, we had our non-white Christmas. It, didn't, it only snowed one day the entire time. I I've been there. You actually let black people come? Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, in the city they're allowed. Not, not, no, not, not really. Not no. Buffalo, the, New York. Actually, no. Not in the. Uh, not in the. Not since the factory. I did do a project in Buffalo. Um, it wasn't the winter. It was like spring, or and it was just. I was just. I got off the plane from L.A. Having lived years in L.A. And I said, "It's oh, very white." Got off the plane, and I well, no. When I got off the plane, I was like green. It was the greenest place yeah. on the planet. It's, it's they, especially during the fall and the spring and the summer. It's, it's the leaves actually do this weird thing where they turn colors. What? It's like, it's, it's I hadn't crazy. seen that in twenty it's, years. And no. then I went to Niagara Falls, which is awesome. Niagara Falls is great. I went there on my you first must trip. Must go to Niagara um, Falls if you're in the Buffalo area. Uh, my father can't miss it. My father-in-law, who I, I adore dearly, uh, we have like a tradition that we have now, which is we go out, we eat raw clams, <laughs> we drink beer. And then we, um, and then we go, uh, we go do, uh, go see some movies. And so I caught up on a lot of movies. This you, what was your favorite of the movies you saw this? Uh, Mission Impossible. Yep. Really? Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, I, the three movies I saw were the new Sherlock Holmes, Mission Impossible, and War Horse. Uh, mm. So War Horse was not my choice. It was my my father in law really wanted to see it. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll see it. And it's Spielberg, and it's anything by Spielberg is at least Spielberg worth. does an animal fucking movie. Yeah, is it, it sentimental at all? Hold no, on, <laughs> not animal fucking. No animals are fu- that that horse does not get fucked. fucking animal. When movie. I saw the trailer, I thought basically this is entirely based on context. If this exact trailer was on college humor it would be yeah. a joke trailer yeah you know it's yeah. it's, yeah. it's very it's, it's literally yeah. context it, it really is and it, there's a lot of con- it, was it, does, it was is it pose good? law applied it, to a spielberg it's film. not yes here's the thing i'll say about warhorse it wasn't bad it was i i described it to my father-in-law as, as it was a very pleasant film and it was shot beautifully Janusz kaminski just shoots the shit out of ireland and all those like other a, places a black, the black um, stallion for I'll, a new generation i'm a big fan of all the Janusses. yeah but it's uh, it's I gotta say the the performances are good. Tom Middleston, who's Loki in the uh, the Avengers and and in um, mm-hmm. Thor, he's in it for a bit. Uh, the the main character is literally the horse. The horse changes owners throughout the course of the film. And so, so the horse is three PO and R two. Yeah, but like imagine three PO and R two, and Luke's only in it for maybe a half an hour. Like it's it's that, and it goes. It sounds it, bad, Eddie. No, it's it's not. It it doesn't. <laughs> 
it doesn't work entirely. Okay, wait. But it doesn't it doesn't fail. And the other thing the other thing I give it a lot of credit for. It's a World War One movie with a PG rating. Okay, let's take the bloodiest, <laughs> messiest, yeah. grossest war in the history of mankind, and let's put a PG rating with on the it. most casualties. Uh, they do, they do with the most casualties, and they and they address that early on. Like, how are they going to address exactly having a bloodless World War One that you actually? Doc Sub is saying it's PG thirteen, Eddie. Still, doesn't okay. matter. Doesn't matter. Um, like, I, I, you know, it, there's a there's a scene early on where the horses are charging against a German embankment of machine guns, and they do <laughs> a pretty. Which, I mean, frankly, that's the true thing. That, how do you that, make yeah. ho- how do you make horse soup? Yeah. Well, the, the way they did it's it, horse gazpacho. They would show one side of it, and they would show all these guys charging, and then they would show the other line where you see the guys arming the machine guns, and you would only see the horses pass them by, and then on the other side you see soldiers on horses, and then we cut back only horses. Soldiers on horses, only horse, and it was like, "Yep, okay." That and then and then at the very end, they pan back, and you see a quite bloodless, but a sea of dead horses and people. That and I then was like, one horse that won the war. Well, no, it didn't win the war. It's it, it's it's a small story. It's, 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 it's one horse, it's the horse surviving. surviving the war. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And, and like all the, the incredible people, journey through all World the war II with that, a horse. It's this interconnected tales. There's one really great scene where. Um, the horse is actually tangled up in barbed wire, and then on two sides. Oh, of that the, sounds sad. It's horribly sad. And then there's two sides of the trenches. Like they're at the big thing about World War One trench warfare. A lot of times it'd just be standstill for, for months days and months. at yeah. a time, and you're six feet apart. You and, gotta go. How you doing? And and two <laughs> soldiers, one on each side, Help sort him of get him loose. Mani- they manage to eke their way out of their trenches. And then, like, um, they're about to, and then the American guy goes, I, I don't have any clippers. And then from the German side, you just see about 30 <laughs> clippers fly over. And he's like, all right. And then they have a very small conversation that's not too hammy, not too, like, it could have been a big Spielbergian moment of, like, the handshake, whatever. It's not quite that. It doesn't, he, he restrained himself. It's still a big sentimental mess. And uh, and it's it's very much a tone poem. I know mm-hmm. we love that saying. Yeah. But it, it didn't it didn't offend me at all. It was like. That was that was all right. That was okay. That was worth a matinee. Are you a Mission Impossible man? Um, I I have an interesting story. I mean, I I worked in the theater when the first one came out. That's a good movie. Yeah, and and like I I appreciated what the first one did. The second one, which was the most expensive Naya commercial I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Um, that was uh, the John Woo. One. The John Woo one. It was yeah. the Doves, and they they jumped motorcycles yeah. at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Anthony, and, wow. and then I don't three, remember anything about Mission Impossible. And the dagger I, near the eyeball. Three, I actually really liked. I, I liked three a lot. I thought three was like good. I'm like, all right, we're sort of back on track. And I, I was really impressed with four. I really enjoyed Ghost. Did Park. you guys or, see Mission Impossible four? I, I saw not. it twice actually. First time I've seen a movie in a theater more than once in a yeah. long time. I was, yeah. a, I was a little, frankly, let down by Mission Impossible four, but. That's certainly not the. It's not the movie's fault. Yeah, I think I just went in there thinking. Well, the thing is, like everyone who knows, everyone in our group or more knowledgeable knows Brad Bird. Good Iron Giant, Incredibles, good fucking director. And all those guys were saying, "This is Brad Bird's fucking coming out party." I'm like, if The Incredibles wasn't, this movie's got to be amazing. Yeah, or Iron Giant was kind of okay too. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So it's like if they're saying this is, it's, I'm like, fucking, let's go. It's true. I mean, it is. It's not like, and it's, it's not. It's, it's just not a, an automatic thing that you can do an amazing animated movie and do an animated, right, right. amazing live action. And movie. I, 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 retroactively, I see that that's probably yeah. what their point was. Yeah. I, he, I, he directed yeah, the I, fuck I, out of it, and I, it was great. I think what their point is like, okay, we're giving this guy a live action major franchise. That's his coming out party. Yeah. So we're. We're entrusting this Halloween guy with the reins it. of a major film franchise. No, that was Warhorse. And I, oh, right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> and I think, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not the most amazing film that's ever been made. It's not doesn't beat Citizen Kane or Casablanca. But solidly well, fucking good. But for a solid action film like uh, like we talked about in Inception, you know, if Inception were the baseline and you know 
that were the worst that yeah, oh you god ever, uh, another uh, movie like Inception or yeah. Mission Impossible <laughs> yeah. Four is coming exactly. out. Exactly. Oh like, if Mission Impossible, I'm so tired of movies like that. Yeah. If Mission Impossible Four were the baseline, everything would be right with the world, and it's yeah. it, right. so it's not. It gets credit for doing something right. That said, yeah. the, uh, the the the, the much lauded sequence <laughs> on the uh, on the skyscraper is in fact that. Holy shit! I get I get freaked out by the commercial. That was amazing. Holy shit! That's why that that, that scene is explicitly why I did not see it in IMAX. That freaked me the fuck out. Like I, I, I was, could not I, deal with those shots I was in IMAX. Blown away by that. It's, if you're just, it's like, yep, he is a mile up. And here's the thing. And there's, there's that and one. He, and the thing he kind of breaks and he slips. It's that kind of an action sequence, and it's fucking terrifying. And there's that one shot that I still have no idea how they do, but the basically the transition shot from the hotel room out. To the outside of the building. Yeah, it was a crane. nice steady cam crane thing. Yeah, it, it's they had a crane down uh, parallel with the floor right behind Tom Cruise, and he goes and he jumps out of the thingy, and the crane goes out over the edge of the window and points down. Ah, holy shit! <laughs> the thing, the Stop thing, it, I, camera. The thing I always said is like, I'm like, there is a reason why Brad Bird works. Brad Bird works on animation because he comes up with these amazing set pieces that I don't see how he get in real life. And, that's and then he went and, and got then one he went figured out how to get like, it Well, fuck life. you for winning at everything. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fuck you, Brad Bird. That's what we have to say. Well, it's like what you said about. You're genius uh, bastard. Uh, yeah, you're better than me, and I hate you for yeah, it. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm just quitting now. Forget yeah, it. Yeah, god damn it. You exist. What do I need to be? And then uh, Sherlock Holmes was the last one I saw. So I have opinions about Sherlock Holmes, too. Yeah, I do, too. And, and maybe. Yeah, we, do I. And then that can maybe bridge into our other discussion. Because, <laughs> uh, I, I caught up with an ass load of movies on Netflix, so including the new uh, BBC Sherlock series, uh, which stop. is. Here, just, pre- stop, just press pause. Go. Stop listening now. to this right now. Go, go, go and watch go, it right now. Go and right watch it right now. It's like, I'm waiting for the. It's the internet. Surely there's somebody out there who's going, yeah, the new Sherlock Holmes, it sucks. I have not right. seen that person yet. No, that person, Which, yeah. which Sher- is unusual. That Sherlock is odd. Will, it's will three episodes. Die. They're all three hour and a half. So it's basically, they just farted out three great <laughs> Sherlock Holmes <laughs> movies. Films, yeah. Like, like, oh, like here's, that. Here's, and what's, what's really interesting. Uh, com- On a BBC budget. I don't want to get too into Sherlock because you guys should go and we'll come back and talk about it in intermission later. Because you can knock this show out literally in an evening. Yep. You can just knock the whole That's series out. Um, but the thing about Sherlock Holmes 2, the movie, uh, is... I, I figured out how to think of and how to frame in my mind Guy Ritchie. Because uh, Sherlock Holmes, the first one, was just now people liked it and it was it was one of those it was one of those it was one of those things where I think people really like chocolate and, and straight non diet Pepsi just throwing it back, that kind of thing. Where for me it's just like that is way too much everything all the time. Not even in like a Michael Bay way, just in like a all of the Michael Bay stuff, plus and this is what's weird. Guy Ritchie movies, specifically Sherlock Holmes movies, at least Sherlock Holmes 1, kind of smacks of a lack of confidence on his part to, mm. to be like, I don't think the audience is going to go with me on this. I have to make it cooler. And that's sort of what it feels like. And then what happened is when I saw Sherlock Holmes 2, I was like, okay, well, I love Stephen Fry. I love Jared Harris. I wasn't big on his Moriarty, but you know, I love Jared Harris. This is going to be good. And the movie actually felt a little more relaxed, a little more confident. It's still a mess, but it's a little more confident. And that, that helped. That translated into my... I watched I would, it and I was not offended by it. I would say the opposite. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the first Sherlock, but Sherlock Holmes, anyway, Guy Ritchie, Sherlock Holmes. But I'd say the opposite. The thing I was going to say, yeah. the way I now frame Guy Ritchie is, I saw that movie and then I saw The Descendants on the same day. Oh, I want to see <laughs> that. I want to oh, see a lot. Say, my my fave of the many movies I saw, Descendants, is my pop, top pick. Mm. Now the, I saw it the other I, night. The thing about that, and I this is and this, it, up to my my much stretched out point is, here's how I frame Guy Ritchie. A Guy Ritchie movie will work for you on a day if you don't see any real movies that day too. Yes. Yeah. Because then, then you're like, oh, fucking guy, Richie. What that was that? That is brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> anyway, no, you the know. Descendants was awesome. Do you watch Community at all? I don't because I don't have access to regular television or good, the, good internet. The wacky dean <laughs> of students, the wacky gay 
teen of students who's always do, coming and doing wacky stuff. Yeah. Co-wrote The Descendants. Yep. No kidding. That guy and his buddy wrote The Descendants. Yep. It's it, it's so it's, that's amazing. Oh man, I uh, I want to see that movie. So what I love about it, yeah, well, wanna, I, I haven't seen it either. You want to go see yeah, the movie yeah, tomorrow? Uh, right. Not tomorrow. I'm working. Oh, all right. <laughs> see, this is where I, I could have. Uh, I have all these on DVD because uh, I'm in the fucking Writers Guild, motherfuckers. Um, I didn't I didn't go to a single uh, actual theater, and I saw like. 11 <laughs> current movies over yeah. the, because they sent them to me on DVD. It's the greatest thing ever. What did you think of Descendants? I, I, I love Descendants. And, uh, and, and what's, it's funny, I, I, there's, it's, Descendants has that independent film vibe to it. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm not spoiling anything, but um, in a way that another movie that I love, 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 uh, if you haven't seen Young Adult, Run, Don't Walk, I say. But, um, but they both kind of like don't have... Ending, you know, like a like Hollywood ending, like okay, and now the movie's over. They just kind of like, oh, the credits seem to be rolling. Apparently, they've stopped making this movie, <laughs> uh, which is kind of bugged me a little bit on Young Adults. My one quibble on Young Adults is kind of like the ending is like, ooh, I would have, I don't need a clean pat tied with a ribbon ending on Young Adult. I wish there had been just one more beat of an ending to it. Right. Um, I loved it until that. I loved everything about it. Otherwise, but the Descendants, even though it just kind of stuff happens until it stops stops. happening and then they roll credits and I was perfectly okay with it. It was something about how that movie was constructed. But, but here's what I I love about descendants was the, the, the terrifyingly sloppy emotions that were in play (laughs) is it's, these are some flawed characters who are dealing with some heinous shit and they say and do some terrible things and it's all about just, well, Okay, that happened, <laughs> and we're just going to move on with our lives. Alexander Payne seems to be good at that. He also yeah. did Sideways and yeah. uh, Election, which is Election. one of my favorite movies yeah. of the nineties. Broderick really... and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yep. love yeah. that movie. It's really uh, love that movie. Descendants. I really dug the Descendants. I was just fascinated by it, and it just it felt like it was. It felt like this is this is what people really do. This don't feel right. like movie characters that are all like you know have Neat all the moving tidy. parts kind of like tidy. It's yeah. like these people like they, sometimes like the characters you know will do like these shockingly. There's one moment where I just like. Laughed as you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a moment. It's with um, the older guy who's in the the Quentin Tarantino movie. The uh, uh, what's the oh, actor's uh, name? The from Kill Bill. That yeah, he wasn't, wasn't in Kill Bill. No, not Bo oh. Bridges. But he wasn't in Kill Bill. He was in uh, Jackie Brown. Oh, I haven't seen. Oh, that. oh Robert, Robert Forster. Robert, Robert Forster, Forster yeah. is in it, and he, yeah. Robert Forster has a moment where he just he plays this crotchety old dude, and he just has a moment. Oh where yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. See, there's a moment that's like so shocking that he he does a thing, and then never, you know, it's not like he ever comes. Go, I'm really sorry, I did that. No, he just does a terrible thing, and and the movie just goes blindly on, just like real fucking life. And oh, uh, it was good. I yeah. really, it, I I was sitting alone in the dark watching a movie on a DVD screen, and I I laughed my ass off out loud at this moment. It was that kind of movie. I really enjoyed The Descendants. Um, I have War Horse on DVD, um, and it won't play. They've got some kind of <laughs> crazy copy protection on it, because these are all copy protected within an inch of their lives. Right. They have their special DVDs that you have to press, like, I promise to not show this to anybody, or, you know, whatever. Solve um, this minigame to proceed. Yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> some of them are so, you know, you know and, they, and they obviously these aren't, in most cases, they aren't the released DVDs, so they're not even the real DVD. Right. It's they're just a video a, they're, on a disc. They're, they're a DVD that they like, brushed out for award season, so you know they're a little messed up. So Warhorse won't play. I tried it on two different machines, and I couldn't get it to play. Um, so I said, all right, fuck it. I'll watch The Descendants instead. Um, Descendants I loved. Um, 
Uh, young Adult. I, I also saw Young Adult. Young Adult I thought was great. I just I wanted one more little something for the ending, but otherwise I enjoyed it. There's I have a, I have a good down in fronty riffy kind of joke to make about Young Adult, but it's a spoiler, so I don't want to go into it. It just has to do with things that Pat Oswalt never saw himself doing in his career. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, Pat Oswalt is uh, you know his agent it, calls. He says, "I've got you a movie." Yeah. He's like, "Well, guess me, what you what get is, to do is, in what, this? What is it? Just tell me what it is." For, no, yeah. I got you a movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, young Adult. I I thought it was really. At, at, during the movie, I was I was kind of hating the experience, but that's the characters. It's it's a really well made movie, but it's yeah. basically the hero's journey of a, In of, of, a of a exactly <laughs> of a non of a non fictitious movie version of a manipulative, awful person, self absorbed, self absorbed, narcissistic, stunted, arrested bitch. Yeah. Like not a movie that, like literally just that, and I've dealt with several in my life and I'm yeah. just sort of touchy about it now yeah. it's just like I don't want to go there with it's this it's like we've all dated that girl yep. you yeah. know? and it's, it's like... just she's and you just see her from you see the whole thing from her point of view so basically yeah. you're watching two movies at once you're watching at, for, for the audience it's watching this I can't believe how awful she is but what you're wa- also watching is how she's writing this in her head of oh and this this happened to me and I will fix it by doing this yeah. I am such the victim yes and, yeah. and you're watching the f- movie and you're just like oh god please stop please stop yeah. please stop please stop and Patton Oswalt's great in it and um, he's kind of he's kind of the boat anchor to her you know it's like she's like got all these you know stupid and by, by you know some weird happenstance they end up sort of being partners in crime um, <laughs> even though they really don't like each other that much and uh, he, he's kind of hanging with her just because he's so amused by like how fucking nutso she is. Now that's right. In the chat room, Gibtown makes the point, and this is I, I agree with this. Uh, the movie's about an awful person who stays awful. Yeah, yeah, it really which, is. Which have you, you know, seen it? I, I would not I, have. I know enough about it. The I problem is, I wouldn't have liked it if it was a movie about how she was awful, but then she suddenly changed her personality yeah. enough to not be awful anymore. It's like this isn't a movie about an 18 year old. This is a movie about like a 38, 41 year old woman who it's like this is who she it's, is. It's very appropriately titled. It's you know the title yeah. is uh, you know about as dead on as you can get. It's and, I'm, and I'm fascinated that Diablo Cody is going to be doing the Sweet Valley High remake. I'm fascinated yeah. that it's got a weird gateway to that. that yeah, strangely enough. Yeah. And I think maybe one informed the other because she booked that gig before she wrote this. Yeah, and uh, so it's it's kind of interesting. I, I I just have to say that I just I, I'm I haven't I haven't seen every Charlize Theron movie, but it's she's really really good. Yeah, she's tremendous. She you know, she's and really so like good. it's even when she's playing a character like this that has virtually no redeeming features, she's still fascinating and interesting to watch. You saw Monster, yeah. right? Monsters, is, yeah, yeah. Monsters, exactly. Monster. Well, Monsters, Monster. amazing. Monster, yeah. Monsters is the other one. Yeah. But yeah, Monsters, incredible. Talk about you know here she's playing like that. You know, she's pretty. But she's just as bad as the character from Monster, really. I, I, I was on a, the inside. I was a big fan of her from Devil's Advocate. Like I, yeah. I have a soft spot for that weird. Yeah, of all things, movie. that was kind of. A but like, she, also she gets naked in that one. So yeah. there you go. She was a revelation in that though. I like, had yeah. never heard of her she's before amazing. that, and it's like, whoa, who is this person acting all in front of my face? Hell, like, she's good in Mighty Joe Young. You know, she that, can. Yeah. She's just good. You know? yeah. she can Who be, saw yeah. Dragon Tattoo? I just saw the other day. Actually, I saw the Swedish version. I've read the book. I'm dying to see the new one. I I, Dragon Tattoo. I'm inches away. You know, several times I've been into like, go see Dragon Tattoo again because everyone just everyone is so on about it, and I'm like, and I'm I'm in that sweet spot where other than you know nothing about Rooney Mara plays some kind of hideously grotesque mutant awful person. Uh, I know (laughs) I know nothing. I mean, she's yeah yeah yeah. That's a grotesque. Don't learn anything. Stick with that. Yeah. See what happens. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure we'll find out why she's so grotesque. But uh, I know nothing about it, and you know, I'm I managed to stay blissfully unaware. Dragon Tattoo is is very very much cut from the uh, the Zodiac cloth of David Fincher, where it's a long and calculating and, and and plotting kind of we're putting a bunch of pieces together kind of movie it's very slow but the <laughs> but the pacing is exactly right and the tension is just great well i really like dragon tattoo people complain about the ending 
I think it's like complaining about the ending of Fellowship before Two Towers comes out. I think it's going to be when the three movies are out. Yes. You go, okay, that the ending seemed weird there, but we're getting details that we need about how she deals with things. The, the books are very much that way. That's, that's the only thing I can speak truth power on, is that the books take a while to get going. Your your description of Moby Dick was apt, I think. It's 100 chapters of, of the history of naval seamanship. Oh, yeah. And then you, and then it's, then you and can then actually start. And then there's yeah. a whale. Um, Dragon Tattoo, you learn a shocking amount about the Swedish financial system um, <laughs> before you... You ever actually get? Whoa! Pinch me before you ever actually get. <laughs> Run! Don't walk <laughs> before you ever actually get into the murders. Um, uh, but it's like, wait, it, there's murders now. You spoiled it. Oh my god! Uh, the, 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 honestly, I'm surprised you know nothing about it because the three minute trailer they had for him, like, yep, that's that. There you go. With some, I, had a, I don't with remember the, stuff being the financial stuff out. being that. Are you talking about? Well, in you haven't book. seen the. Okay, I mean, yeah, you're, you're not no, talking it, about the Fincher movie. No, in the movie Fincher it, cut out all of basically all of the reasoning for the the big bad guy that you never kind of really see in the movie. Right. The, 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 the guy Daniel Craig. The guy that he. Going yeah. to court with right, right, yeah. The things that book in the book are huh, are um, <laughs> the things that book in the book are basically the reason why Michael Bloomquist has been uh, uh, um, is is in uh, starts off with a a small prison sentence that he's got to get through and like a, like a little formality of a thing that propels the action as to why he makes it to the island. My dad has gotten me into because he is. I'll just start the story differently. My dad is very into audiobooks because okay. he spends a lot of time in the car to and from work every day, and then he also he'll drive down to. Uh, a, a separate office sometimes and he's just in the car a lot he gets probably a good hour on average in, of a of a drive a day which he's devoted to listening to audiobooks and he's just plowed through hundreds of them and he recommends books to me which is cool and he's like i'm very good at listening to audiobooks at this point i'm good at dealing with the narrator i don't like i'm good at uh, sticking with books and things like that i tried to read listen to Go girl with a dragon tattoo three yeah, times it's rough i got 45 minutes in the first two times and said i no I give up because right. it, and he said and these were his words because it was so heinously fucking boring, dude. The, and it's and the thing is, it stays that way. In the third book, I He's I like, took the first hundred pages are just what are you telling yeah, me? Book? I totally agree. The the uh, in the the third book, in, coming off of a hell of a cliffhanger. The girl who plays fire ends on a hell of a cliffhanger. So you pick up girl who kicks the hornet's nest, and you're like, yeah, fucking action, let's go. And then I, I got five chapters in, and I'm like, I'm gonna take a break for a while because, like, what? What's happening now? I don't like. I mean, it's and then it just stays there. And then it, and then I reread it, and then it's like, okay, then it we do something cool. But you have to take a running start at those books. But really I love the movie. I, I and um, I loved every little bit of it. Uh, I have quibbles with it, but they're they're not meaningful quibbles. Uh, generally. It's not a movie that I think everyone's going to like. Even film fans aren't going to like, but I re- it really worked for me. I got a big kick out of what it. What are your quibbles? Uh, what were my quibbles? Careful there. They were basically just... Uh, it was it was things Easy. like uh, <laughs> don't wobble it. don't wobble on your quibbles. Even in the uh, even in the fabric of my argument, which is we needed the detail. It doesn't seem like you need in this movie. You probably do for reasons you just don't know yet. You don't know why mm-hmm. they told you that because of the things Fincher screws up. He doesn't make mistakes with things like that, and I think they're setting up for. Okay, we know fucking this is going to happen in the second movie, so we have to have, even if it doesn't really make sense, we'll try to make it look like it makes sense, but even if it doesn't have to be here, you're learning, like, oh, the character would do that in that kind of situation. Weird. And it never comes up in the movie. It's just, right. hmm, why is that there? And that happens a couple times in Dragon Tattoo. My, and, and I understand that. In the fabric of that context, I still think they they did, they could have put a little more context on this part just for the movie we were watching, and maybe even less on those things. For instance, the whole, I never quite understood the setup of the guy he was arguing against, Hans von whatever, yeah, the, yeah. the, the money guy, or what happened at the end with him. Even though right. that's not the, the plot of the movie, 
is basically the story that you're watching is between two parts of a bigger story in that guy's life, and it doesn't matter. It's just he, as a result of something he did with this guy, he's now here. Okay, movie starts, and then but the end of the movie kind of says, and that other thing got resolved. It's like, but we weren't paying attention, and I just didn't quite understand when the things that happened to that guy at the end of the movie happened to him, what that was or what it meant. I was kind of confused by that. Yeah. Had they put 30 seconds of anything, like it literally could have been less than 30 seconds, just saying, okay, dumbass, he did this. This is what happens to this guy when this happens. Okay, cool. But that's the, like, the only quibble I have, and it did not really detract from my enjoyment of the movie at all. Hmm. It's just, it was, it's like a four-hour movie, and I could have watched it for another four hours. It was fucking awesome. The cool yeah. thing about getting screeners, and it's, it's, it's like getting little Christmas presents, and it happens, it, it happens all across this, now that I've had this experience. It happened somewhat when I was a member of the Screen Actors Guild, but not nearly to the extent that it was Writers Guild, because you get lots and lots, of, and, and invitations to screenings come daily. You know, it's like just go to the screening and a Q and A and all. Just that you're know, inundated with those. But I got like at least ten, if not more, screener DVDs. And so you just you know, a FedEx comes and it's like, oh, it's from Fox. Let's see. I wonder what it could be. And you open it up and it's like, oh, <laughs> it's that movie that I really would not have expressed any interest. And in. sometimes it's like, it's you know. Yo, what? It's bridesmaids, you know, you which I've present, seen, but you, you, know. you get present faces. Exactly, essentially, it's yeah. get a little present, like it's like ah, you know. But then sometimes it's like oh, sweet, awesome, cool. Um, but uh, I was hoping, I was hoping, like for fuck's sake, when are they going to send me girl with a dragon tattoo? Come on, guys! And they didn't, they didn't do that. Um, I, I'm dying to see it just because I want a comparison thing. Plus, is there I have any the soundtrack r- I've been listening to? For is there any rhyme or reason to what screeners I'll send? It's whatever they want to. Now, generally, the logic is. It's this is a movie you probably didn't see, so you're not going to get the screener right. for like a movie, which is. But then you get bridesmaids, and they they sent the last Harry Potter one. You don't that get a screener of Avatar. It's Honestly, like, you saw Avatar. That right. is why. That is why winner. That is why movies like The King's Speech end up yeah. getting all this acclaim because what ends up happening is that yeah, because everybody votes in the Academy, including and I've been on the other side of this where I've had actor friends, and by actors I mean they're background people, but they still get the screeners and they still get to vote and all this other stuff. They get movies like King's Speech. Oh, I haven't seen this, but I guess I've heard of it. I'll pop it in. Oh my god, I love yeah. it. The, and that's how. The oh yeah, like the, whole, the yeah. whole phenomenon of screeners is only um, you know slightly more than a decade old, and people were really against it at yeah. first. Like that's totally cheating, Miramax. There's a, what are the, you doing, the, mailing a copy of your movie to everybody in the Academy? And they're like, why can't we do that? And now, now, now it's a practice because it worked. It's like here's a movie nobody saw in the theater, so we'll just send it right to your fucking house. Now you have no excuse not to right. see it. There's that's a, what they did with uh, Red State. They. They only yeah. released Red, St- Red State for a week at the New Bev just so it would qualify, and then they and then they just send it. it to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I watched I, I, Red State. I could do a half oh, hour on Red State if you want to do a half hour on Red State. Well, I haven't seen it yet. Let's do that next. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, well, I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's Kevin Smith. I don't care. So, you know, what the fuck? I'll so, step out of the room. Here, after intermission, we'll do a 10-minute rant about Red State and just post from the forums. Fair okay. enough. Fair enough. But, uh, so, I, so most of those screeners I got, except for little you know outliers like, Bridesmaids and the last Harry Potter movie, which was good because I hadn't seen the last Harry Potter movie, mm-hmm. which, and of course that's already released. So they just they just sent me the DVD. That's not even like a special one. That's just like here, just send them a copy of the DVD. So I got a copy of that. So I watched it. Like oh, okay, the last Harry Potter film. They didn't. They you know, they mostly didn't screw it up. It was fine. But um, but but most of them are the obscure ones, which is good because it's like okay, I would never have voluntarily gone out to see The Descendants normally, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite movies that I've seen. Um, yeah, you went to the theater to see Sucker Punch. Yeah, because that was like the huge blockbuster of the week, and as the sense, I was drunk not, and it was Valentine's Day. Exactly, <laughs> I was lonely. It was hot and I was hungry. And and by the way, thighs. But um, <laughs> but then but then I get you know I got War Horse. Like all right, War Horse. But if I can find a machine that'll play it, um, I got J. Edgar. Anyone see J. Edgar? I did not nope. see J. Edgar. I kind of wanted to, but then I was like, <laughs> I've seen The Aviator. 
I'm yeah, good. it's you've seen if you've seen the aviator, it's going to be Leonard Leonardo DiCaprio doing yeah. an accent for the whole movie. Then exactly. I on, then and I went on with the rest in, of my in, life in, in makeup. It's there's a lot of fascinating stuff. Clint Eastwood, you know, doesn't make bad movies. He's not. He's a good director. Um, this one just it didn't come together. It I was just curious. didn't come. Didn't. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's yeah. like a collection of scenes, and it's it's got, like, at the end it doesn't just. It's got some great stuff, uh, but, but and I, it's got some problems. I, I've kind of I, I've talked to a few people about this because I think I think. Because the reaction seems to be sort of universal, and I always found it because I loved Milk, but with Sean Penn, written, oh, it's good for you. Written by <laughs> Does du- good. Written by Dustin Lance Black, who also same, wrote same writer this. Or... And I think it's interesting because Dustin Lance Black he is, he is he is gay, and he started off with a movie about a very important gay cultural icon, and obviously a character who he respected and revered, and who and kind of revered by the gay community. Are you going to say he ended up making a movie that smears him? No, he no 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 no. He ended up making You're a movie about, about Milk. About right Milk, now. he did very good. He like, he revered him, and he ma- and he wrote what I thought was a good script, let alone a good movie about about Harvey yeah. Milk. And yet, when it comes to the character of J. Edgar Hoover, who is is you know has a he's a, the opposite the opposite of that. He wrote a piece that maybe didn't have like uh, you know you got to kind of fall in love with a character to a point when you're writing about them and and I don't know if he was able to for this one and I say this without having seen the movie but like yeah. every single complaint I've I've read about it is is universal in terms of like what they what they feel like the pro- and so I'm wondering if it's just like if it, maybe that was the wrong guy for the project he, I don't he know. Couldn't- he couldn't figure out how to get himself behind Jagger's point of view, right? Maybe, Which, when yeah. you're writing a character, you yeah. have to be able to see the world through their point of view. It's, and and it's maybe he did with maybe he yeah. did with the closeting and all this other stuff. But like, yeah. and, and no one really knows if Jagger was actually that, gay. That's, or to that. me, that was the ultimate problem. Is like yeah. the movie kind of like didn't really know because because so much of this is just conjecture, not documented. Yeah. It's like it's almost certainly probably true, right? But it's you know it's but what can you actually show? And you can't so, you can't get a beat on it. Yeah, yeah. So the movie kind of like tries to sort of suggest things and show things, but you know, but it's like. You're, you can always kind of tell when the movie feels like it's right on thin ice, you know? What's funny is what you just said, it sounds like what he needed to do in that is the same thing that Fincher did with the movie Zodiac. Because if you know any, this isn't a spoiler, if you know anything at all, they never caught the Zodiac killer. So he didn't make a movie about finding him. They made a movie yeah. about obsession with regards yeah. to the Zodiac killer. And it's these guys who are obsessed. And it's a story about the guys who are obsessed. It seems like they could have done something like, well, if we can't really say anything about J. Edgar because we, we, we don't want to like have an editorial opinion on it. We yeah. should make you a different need, kind of movie about but you need, but you need to really, find something else to make the movie about. It's really meant to be a biographical that. story of him, so it's kind of you know, so the, it's it's a hard thing to do, and and so on. The um, but there's a lot in it. Technically, it's fantastic. It's really it got an interesting sense of history. There's a lot of fascinating historical details to it that are worth watching. It's just at the core of it, it's kind of like you never quite get a grip on the main character. I don't think, um, but there's a lot of great work in it. You know, I'm not, and, and actually, my favorite is uh, Naomi Watts is uh, is a supporting character, but uh, she she's my favorite character in the movie, actually. Cool, yeah, but she almost she often is. That was uh, that was thirty straight minutes to just talk about the movies of the Christmas season. That was nice. perfect. We haven't even gotten through them. You know? Scratch the surface. Perfect yeah. intermission. Yeah. yeah, we'll continue this conversation in the forums as always. Or we'll do uh, a second intermission, more movies. Until uh, <laughs> until uh, next week, my name is T. Christie. Brian Finister. Eddie Doty. Trace Dogs. Thank you much for listening. Good day. Good day.